All right, so I'm going to start with a, with a question. You can raise your hand if you choose to. If not, that's fine. Um, how many of you, like me, have ever said something that you absolutely regretted? Okay, another question. How many of you, like me, have, as you were saying something, wish you could stop the sentence and take the words and put it back in your mouth? Anybody? Okay. How many of you, like me, have told a story about someone, whether it was true or not, and as soon as you told the story, you walked away and you thought, I should not have said that? Okay? So, um, clearly, what we're talking about today is an issue for most of us, if not all of us. Uh, several of you have come to me and asked if today's message was about you in particular. Um, the truth is, and, and as, as pastor, uh, there are times that I stand before you and I want to um, teach you a, a biblical truth that will change your life. Um, there are times that I very simply just want to introduce you to my Jesus. And then there are times that I have to preach to myself, and you just happen to be sitting here listening. And this is one of those days. Right? And so I, I just, I know that, that there are times in the, in the Christ follower journey that we, we gossip, we talk badly about people, we bring people down, we, we hurt them with our words, we, uh, we tell half-truths, we tell lies, and, and all of that. And, and do you ever stop and ask why? Why is it that way? Well, if the Bible never talked about this issue, it would make things a lot easier. But it's kind of universal throughout that we, uh, the words that come out of our mouths that matter, Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.29, he said, uh, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edifying or building others up as they listen. I've not done that a few times in my life, right? James, uh, I'm going to read you what James said. James was real almost mean about it. He said, all, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Well, ouch, right? And so we find this consistently throughout Scripture that, that the words that come out of our mouths really matter. And so as I'm confronted with this issue, there, there really are two questions, and hopefully we can find some consensus on this today, is uh, why does this happen? Because I don't want it to happen. And number two, how do I stop it from happening? Okay? So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 16 through 20, to get some help, perhaps, in understanding this. And, and so I need to tell you that using this passage for this topic I'm going to circle the airport a few times before I land the plane, okay? But hang in there with me because I think it will really help. But you need to know the background of the story. Jesus was with his disciples, and the story says that Pharisees from Jerusalem came to see him. That means it was the big dogs, all right? The religious leaders that are at the top of the food chain, they showed up to talk to Jesus, and they had some concerns to share with him, all right? 
And the concern this time was is that his disciples were not washing their hands before they ate. We'll talk about why that's a big deal here in a little bit. Jesus calls them hypocrites and tells them a story. And, uh, and as they leave, Peter comes up to Jesus and says, hey, did you know you made the Pharisees mad when you said that? Jesus was like, and, right? And, and so, um, but, but then he told a little parable about how uh, plants produce only the kind of fruit uh, that they can actually produce, and so they won't produce uh, the wrong kind of fruit. So, Matthew 15, we'll start with 15 uh, and go from there. Peter said, explain the, bar- the parable to us. And Jesus said, are you still dull? That's really funny translated from the Greek. Um, are you still knuckleheads, basically. Are you, sti- are you still so dull? Jesus asked him, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Okay, so again, circle the airport with me because there's a couple of things here that I think are real vital in this whole why does Doug say things that he doesn't want to say, right? The first one is this, is that Ritual does not transform our hearts. Ritual does not transform our hearts. Now, here's what the Pharisees were so angry with about the washing of hands. They had made a tradition that before you eat, you should wash your hands all the way up to your elbows. Okay? And the reason had nothing to do with hygiene. It had everything to do with keeping the food clean that you were about to eat. So in other words, you may have gone through the day and you may have accidentally made your hands unclean. Maybe you touched a dead bug and you didn't know it. Or you were a fisherman and you touched a dead fish. And so all of a sudden your hands are unclean. So before you eat, you come and you wash up to your elbows so that you don't defile the food you're about to put in your mouth. Because if you defile the food you're about to put in your mouth, not only are your hands unclean, but now the whole inside of you is unclean. Okay, so in academia, we talk about how uh, uh, we talk about profane versus sacred. So sacred is something that's holy, profane is something that is not. And so the idea was, is you were taking what is sacred and you were making it unholy because you're touching it with unclean hands. And so the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, hey, why don't your guys wash their hands before they eat? They're not following the tradition. And the message that Jesus had for them was tradition doesn't make your heart right. Tradition doesn't make you clean on the inside. Following the rules and the regulations that you've made up, it doesn't make it work. It doesn't make you pure on the inside. You see, those are just rules that you've added to the game. See, and I think sometimes we have to be very careful that we make ritual the answer and the goal. Let me tell you a story to help you understand what I mean by that. A long time ago in a state far, far away, I worked in a church, and there was in this church a man who was a deacon. And um, if you were to look at his life from the outside, you would think he was the most incredibly wonderful Christian person you've ever seen, right? Because 
he was following all the rules. He was at church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Every time there was a party, he was there. Every time there was a committee meeting, he was there. He was doing everything that he was supposed to do. Uh, when people needed money, he would give them money, and he would help them through difficult times, and, and he would meet their needs. And, and it just from the outside, it looked awesome. And even his job, he would go to churches and sell insurance policies to pastors that were a really great deal. Well, if you stop and you begin to peel the onion away, though, and you look at what was really there, the truth is he was one of, and I don't use this term loosely, one of the most deeply evil people I've ever met in my life. You see, it turns out he gave people money because he wanted to control the direction of the church. And so if he gave them money, then they would have to do whatever he said they should do, or they would feel guilty about it. And it turned out even that the pastors he was selling the insurance to, it was fake stuff. And I knew three pastors that lost everything they had to him. I was like, wow. But on the outside, if you just looked, everything looked just right. He was doing everything that we're supposed to do. And I think sometimes we get it in our heads and in our thoughts, especially in the American church, that the, the goal of the church is to make good church members. Just hear me clearly and plainly on this. If that's the goal of the church, we need to board up the windows and sell the building. The goal of the church is to help people connect to God and become passionately committed to chasing after Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. But see, sometimes we replace ritual with relationship. You see, earlier in the story, when Jesus got on to the Pharisees, he said, hey guys, here's a mistake that you're making. And so he called them hypocrites. He said, you, you have said that people need to wash their hands, but, but you don't even follow the law that Moses gave you. The law says you're supposed to take care of your parents as they age, but you've decided that everything you have belongs to God, and so you're, you, don't, you don't have to follow that rule. And so they became wealthy because they weren't following the obligation that they were supposed to follow. And Jesus said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. You, you make rules to make people look good on the outside, but on the inside, people are dying. In fact, there was another place where Jesus said, Woe to you, Pharisees and teachers of the law, because you clean the outside of the cup, but not the inside. And he said, You look good to everybody on the outside, but the inside is horrible. Why don't you clean the inside of the cup? See, I think it's important for us to understand that ritual does not change our heart. And what we need to see in this passage, when the words that come out of our mouths are not right, it's a heart problem. So let's talk just a second about that. The heart, in Greek thinking, was the seat of emotion. And so what Jesus said is when wrong words come out of your mouth, there's something wrong in your emotions. Now think about that. Think about the last time that you became angry with someone at the drop of a hat and words that came out of your mouth shouldn't have come out. What was driving that? There was an emotion behind it, Right? Or the last time that that person cut you off in traffic and you stuck your hand out the window and whatever you did, and you said what you said. What was driving that? There was emotion behind that. Think about the last time you shared a piece of gossip that you shouldn't have shared. What was driving that? Well, there was some emotion that wanted you to fit in with the person you were talking to somehow. 
So what Jesus says is the words that come out of our mouths are a reflection of our heart. They're a reflection of our emotions. And so I think he's making a very clear point here that, listen, following the rituals will not change your heart. So let me tell you how this works for me because sometimes some rituals that I do that are very good rituals become rituals instead of good practices. So for me, um, the, the disciplines are an important part of my life, the spiritual disciplines of prayer, scripture, study, and, and, and worship, and meditation, and fasting. Those are a regular part of, of my routine, but sometimes they become routine. And sometimes the spiritual life becomes about those practices instead of about Jesus. It doesn't happen overnight. It's just one day I wake up and I'm going through all of this and I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to do it. And there's no heart transformation in me. And all of a sudden I'm calling people names and I'm saying things I shouldn't say and I'm doing things I shouldn't do with my words and I'm bringing people down and I'm hurting people and I'm like, what's going on? I'm doing all of the right things. But it's become about the things instead of about Jesus. And just as a side note, we can also do this online. Be careful. The words that we type are for everybody to see online. Okay? Be careful with that. Um, because we can do the same thing. We can be driven by our emotions, our heart as Jesus would say. And so the reason that the, the words that come out that we don't want to come out are because there's something wrong in our heart, right? Because it's from the heart those evil things come out, Jesus said. So then, what is the answer? If, if the problem is, is that my heart's not right, then how do I fix that? And one of the things that we have to understand is if we're going to fix it, it has to begin with God and not us. He's the answer more than we are. Okay? So, let's look at what Jesus said. Verse 18, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person. Jesus claims, uh, not only here but in other places, that any good or bad that comes from a person is a reflection of who they are internally. Right? He said in Luke 6, he said, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so the idea is here in this, if we really want to transform our words, it happens in what I call soul care. It happens in soul care. You see, we do practice the disciplines, and the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines are a good thing, but we need to always remember that the goal of the disciplines is to connect to God. That we don't just pray because we're supposed to pray. We don't read scripture just because we are supposed to read scripture. We don't meditate on scripture just because that's what we're supposed to do. We do those things with the very simple goal of making ourselves open to God and who he wants us to be. And so when our heart is messed up, what it means is, is that our soul is not connected to God appropriately. 
When our heart is messed up, that means that our soul is out of whack, out of relationship with God. And when those words come out of our mouths that we don't want to come out, there ought to be fireworks go off in our brain. I'd say, oh, something's not right here. And almost always, it has to do with not connecting to God properly. So a couple weeks ago, when Josh was in town, our family went to see Beauty and the Beast. Now, we went to see Beauty and the Beast because when my kids were little, we watched Beauty and the Beast not less than a thousand times <laughs> in a VHS cassette. Now, we did that, and we learned all of the songs, and we would sing the songs of Beauty and the Beast throughout their journey, and there would be times they would just come up randomly in conversations, and that's just so the new movie comes out, and it was just amazing because we were sitting there singing the songs and we were going along with the story because it was Beauty and the Beast. Now, I'll just say as a side note that only Disney could make a movie about French people with English accents and make a billion dollars. <laughs> it's pretty phenomenal, right? But anyway, we were, we were going through the movie and, and if, you don't, if you don't know the story, I'm shocked right? Number one. But the story is about a prince who has a curse put on him because he doesn't love people. He has no love in his heart. And so he becomes in the form of a beast. And until he learns to love someone and they love him back, that he will always remain a beast. And so the story is about, and there's a magic rose that the petals fall off. And when the last petal falls, it's too late. He'll be a beast forever. And so, but the story is about his transformation. So Bell comes into his life, and, and all of a sudden, his heart begins to melt, and he begins to fall in love with this woman, and he believes that there's no way she'll ever fall in love with him until finally, at the end, she tells him she loves him just as the last rose petal falls, and everything ends up okay, all right? Beauty and the Beast. I was going to sing a little medley here for you, but I, I won't do that. All right, so there is a spiritual truth here, so hang on with me. Okay, <laughs> so the spiritual truth is, is that left on our own devices, we are very beastly. Without Christ leading our lives, we become very beastly. We say things that tear people down. We say things that hurt. We say things that cut to the soul of others. Without Christ leading us, we, we are very beastly internally and it expresses itself in our words. And oh my goodness, we as followers of Jesus it's so horrible when we tear people down with our words. But the beast went through an internal transformation. And in the story, he learned to love for the first time. And at the end, it didn't matter uh, that he was about to die because he learned to love. And there was a transformation. And the truth is, if our words are going to be God-honoring, 
There has to be a transformation. God has to make us new. And doggone it, the problem is, is that there will be days and, man, my words are awesome. People leave talking to me and they're excited about life and then the next day, I'm tearing the same people down. Because there is a daily dependence on God and who he is if my words are going to bring honor and glory to Jesus. So one of the things that I think we have to understand as followers of Jesus is our words matter. Our words really, really matter. And whenever we talk to someone, we, we basically bump into them and we spill something onto them. We can spill anger, we can spill hate, we can spill despair, we can spill all kinds of things that just bring them down, or we can spill love onto them. And our words make all the difference in the world for some people. See, what I've learned about myself is that I can control my words on my own for a couple of days, and then it goes downhill pretty fast. And when my soul's not rightly connected to God, my words can be devastating, as I'm sure yours can too. So here's what I want to say to me as you listen. I want to encourage myself to chase after Jesus every single day, knowing that every word that comes out of my mouth really matters. And when my words are not right, my prayer is that I will stop and I will hear and I will understand that something's not right in my soul. Right words, wrong words are a spiritual problem. Right words are a spiritual gift. So I want to challenge you as I challenge me. Chase after Jesus. Let the words that you speak, the words that you share, lift up and encourage. No one has ever come to Christ because they've been belittled. Right? If you want to have a metamorphosis of your words, there has to be a transformation of your soul. It all begins in our relationship with him. Let's pray.